comeback thwarted. The Mariners' win streak unfortunately ends at eight games despite a ninth-inning rally to take the lead. Let's talk about it here on the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023. This is Heading Gonzalez and Colby Padnode for the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Thank you so much for making us your first listen after the game. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. Five to four, the final score from guaranteed rate field and not in favor of the good guys. Mariners, unfortunately, see their eight-game win streak come to an end despite a three-run top of the ninth to take the lead. Andres Munoz blows it in the bottom of the ninth. Mariners don't score in the top of the tenth, and the White Sox walk it off on one of the dumbest plays you'll ever see. Fitting, though, because this was a really dumb game. Uh, Colby, I'd say we lost to a helmet, but that obviously wasn't the only reason the Mariners found themselves on the wrong side of this one. Uh, your thoughts after the game? I think we can say three things that all sound contradictory, but are all very true. Okay. Um, a, this team really misses Paul Seawald. Mm. B, this team really needed Josh Rojas today and really for the last few days to extend their win streak. And he has been quite good uh, since his first three games or so in Seattle. Uh, And the third thing is that Andres just has to do the job. Like I, you know, at the end of the day, we talk about like, Oh, well, you know, they wish they had Paul and I, and I do, or, Hey, you know, I wish they'd gone to brash in the ninth instead. And I wish they did, but at the end of the day, Andres Munoz is, you know, a major league pitcher who was given a one run lead and and he blew it. So I, I think, you know, all three of those things can be true. Yeah, you miss Paul. Uh, you know, he that's the guy you want in that spot, or that's the guy you did want until July 20, whatever. Uh the trade has worked out um, you know, fairly well in terms of value uh for the Mariners on the field. And also we shouldn't be talking about the trade because Andres just has to do the job. Just do your job. Get three yeah. outs. And yeah. uh he couldn't do it. Uh, unfortunately, the slider today, uh, once again, uh, he just does not have any command of that pitch and he has no confidence in it. Um, and, you know, it's we're, we're kind of piling on Andres. I, I just figured we'd start here, but plenty of blame to go around for this loss. But Munoz right now, the slider is just kind of spinning in the middle of the plate or he's missing badly with it. You know, he, the White Sox didn't put either of his fastballs in play today. Yeah, couldn't touch it. Yeah. Uh, Munoz had four whiffs on uh, six swings of his four seamer. Uh, so yeah, he had three called strikes on five sinkers. Uh, the other two were balls. So they had no, they had no chance against the heater and all that stuff. That's the slider. That's really killing Andres right now. And he probably needs to make that adjustment. He needs to go be fastball heavy for a little bit uh, until he can make that adjustment. But he got ahead of both guys uh, in the ninth. They were, I think it was an O2 count and a one, two count. And then he hung sliders to both of them. And that, that, you know, at that point you're not feeling great. Um, And then obviously, you know, bases loaded two outs and we see an at bat from Julio that we have 
seen quite a bit, uh, not recently, but that we have seen quite a bit in the first half of this year. And it's just kind of a bummer because there were a lot of other opportunities. Kopech wasn't good uh, at all today, and you could only muster one hit against him. Um, you know, that, that White Sox bullpen is a dumpster fire, and you couldn't score off of it until the ninth. And it, it, it just, you know, it, it was a... It was either a bad game plan going into today's game or it was a bad, um, you know, just bad execution. But anyway, you want to slice it. There is a, there were a lot of uh, things that contributed to today's loss. And, uh, you know, it, it's easy to point at Munoz. It's easy to point at the JP throw uh, as the biggest, but there were a lot of reasons. The Mar- they, they just didn't play well. I mean, let's just call it what it is. The Mariners didn't play well today and they kind of got what they deserved for their effort. Yeah, uh, they've played 13 games in a row. Kind of feels like maybe they were running out of out of gas yep. a little bit here. I mean, they've been playing some incredible baseball. You're bound to have a game like this. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, yeah, it, it happens. Like I'm just gonna, you know, ultimately just gonna chalk it up to to the nature of baseball. Uh, and I would obviously be a lot more upset by this game had the Mariners not gone eight and two overall yeah. on this on this road trip. So not gonna lay into them uh, too much. But yeah, you're no. you're not gonna win many baseball games when you leave 14 men on base when you go four for 18 with runners in scoring position that's just you're not going to find a lot of success doing that and really the only reason that you were still in this game and still had a chance to win this game is because the White Sox are really bad and they yeah. tried desperately to give you this game back uh, and it seemed like they were going to take advantage of this but yeah uh, just a rough outing from Andres Munoz who uh, just does not look like he trusts his slider right now. He overall just looked really uncomfortable on the mound. Maybe some of that is just the heat. It was apparently 99 degrees in the south side of Chicago. Felt like 110 on, on the field, according to Brian Debish. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll talk in a, in a few here about the Mariners' ninth inning situation um, and just Andres Munoz, the closing situation, I guess, more specifically. Uh, and just what to do about that, because Munoz has been really shaky for a while now. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's still to me, this really comes down to the marriage just messing around too much uh, for most of the course of this game and not really taking advantage of Kopech when he was really wild, where he had no command whatsoever, where he nearly hit Teoscar Hernandez three times before mm-hmm. walking him. Um, you know, Pitching coach came out, talked to him. It seemed like it calmed him down a little bit, but I, you know, I felt like the Mariners still bailed him out there. And Ty France ends up hitting into a inning ending inning ending double play. He had a really rough game today at the plate. Uh, also had a big strikeout with runners on the corners, less than two outs as well uh, later on in the game. And I also thought this was kind of a weird managed game from Scott Service. I know that he was, you know, it's a getaway day. He's trying to. Um, you know, keep guys rested if if possible, like especially Cal Raleigh. But he ends up using Raleigh in the ninth anyway, ends up pinch hitting him in the ninth anyway for Brian O'Keefe. But he had an opportunity to do that in the seventh inning, I believe, sixth inning. I think it was the seventh inning uh, where there were runners on cor- on the corners and, and less than two outs again. And O'Keefe ended up striking out in that spot. And uh, that was an opportunity to get specifically left-handed Cal Raleigh into the game. Uh, and I feel like, with the way that he's been hitting from that side of the plate, that would have gone a bit differently. But I don't want to result too much. Obviously, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But uh, I just thought that was kind of a weird, weird game from uh, from Scott as well. Yeah, the process wasn't wasn't good um, yeah. because you know who ended up getting two of the highest leverage at bats in this entire game, Mike Ford, your worst hitter, your worst mm-hmm. hitter by far. Uh, it's not close. He's your worst hitter. And then because of of that, right. Uh, Ford ends up being the extra runner on second 
uh, yeah, the uh, free run, whatever they call it, in extra innings, mm. and he's unable to score on the bloop single. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I don't think that everybody on this team scores on that, but no, certainly Haggerty does. Uh, so mm. it, it's one of those things, you know, again, I don't know why Mike Ford is on this roster. I don't like it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend, you know, that I yeah. do like it. He could have hit the three run homer there to, to, you know, tie the game or, or to win the game. And I still wouldn't like it uh, because I think that's bad process. So it's not about results. It's about process. I think that's a poor process. I think, you know, if you're trying to give Cal the entire day off, you just give him the day off. Like, but to not use him in the seventh, when you were willing to use him in the ninth, I, I just, I don't know. Like, what's the point of that? Um, You know, and uh, like you said, we'll talk about this in a minute, but, uh, I also don't like the decision to go to Munoz when you haven't used Brash yet. Right. Uh, I could I could understand it if you had already used Brash, but I, I Brash hasn't pitched in three days. Like that's you need a strikeout. That's the guy. Like so, you know it is what it is. You put up you put out a mediocre effort today. You got a bad result, and that's how it goes. And if you put up mediocre efforts against Houston and Texas and Tampa and the Dodgers and all these teams you have coming up here. Uh, you know, the next few weeks, if you put up that kind of effort against those teams, they're going to run right through you. So, yeah. um, you know, don't let it snowball eight and two is still a great road trip. It's much better than yeah. we ever thought was reasonable. And it just, it's kind of funny, you know, you lose the first game of the road trip, you lose the last game of the road trip and it kind of just sour notes the whole thing, even though you ran off eight in a row, but, uh, yeah, yeah just because they've won 21 to 27 doesn't mean that they're above, uh, it doesn't mean that they're above reproach. Yeah, it doesn't mean that yeah. they can't be um, critiqued criticized. and criticized. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, overall, it's not a huge deal. Uh, but, uh, you know, these games do matter because it's going to come down to one or two games at the end of it. And you don't yeah. want to just kick games that you should win. And, and this is one that the Mariners should have won. Yeah, yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, they're still in a really good spot right now. Uh, they're going to finish the day, uh, what, one and a half games back of uh, first place in the American League West, no matter what happens in the Astros-Red Sox game uh, tonight. So, yeah, so still, you know, feeling good about this team. And then Friday, they'll get back after it uh, against the uh, Kansas City Royals at T-Mobile Park. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully a little bit less stressful with it being at Timo instead of uh, Kaufman, but we'll see. You can catch all the action during that series on the Mariners hometown broadcast with Sirius XM via the SXM app. All right, let's talk more about Munoz and the closer situation for the Mariners in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And that's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head on over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers eligible items only exclusions apply and you're listening to the locked on mariners post game show thank you again for making us your first listen after the mariners five to four loss to the chicago white Sox. you can catch the mariners and the royals starting on friday and over the course of the weekend on the mariners hometown broadcast of sirius xm via the sxm app as they look to begin a new 
win streak. Uh, the first team since 1980 to win eight games in a row twice in the same calendar month. Um, yeah. Seems like they don't want to win nine games in a row, though. <laughs> Seems like they're allergic to nine-game winning streaks, but yeah, whatever. Uh, all right, so, yeah, again, Andres Munoz, the one that blows it in the uh, bottom of the ninth, uh, had a 4-3 lead, uh, ends up giving up a leadoff double to Oscar Colas, and then the uh, the game-tying uh, double to Andrew Benatendi, where he hung a slider in the uh, bottom third of the plate, middle bottom third of the plate. Uh, just a... Uh, Another example of him really uh, struggling with that pitch uh, as of late. Uh, and, and generally speaking, he just doesn't look super confident on the mound right now. So what do you think's going on with Andres? Yeah, it's tough to say. Velocity has also been a little bit down. It sounds ridiculous to say that about a guy who's throwing 98 uh, pretty yeah. consistently right now, but we haven't seen too many hundreds uh, from Andres in the last few outings. Uh, we did see it once today, but he's really throwing that two seamer a lot more than he usually is. Uh, I think it's just, I, I think it's mechanical more than anything. There's something that's off about his release or, or um, there's something, there's just something that's a little bit off uh, about the arm action or something because the slider, he's usually pretty much his entire career been very good at burying that pitch or, or, you know, uh, having it run off the inside corner and jamming lefties like that's, you know, that's or getting chases from righties. He's always been able to to control that pitch better than he has right now. And, and I mean, I guess the fair part is, is he's throwing the slider for strikes, but if it's not a good strike, then that's just a pitch that's begging to be hit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a mechanical thing and I th- think they haven't quite figured out what it is yet. And that leads to a confidence thing. If you don't feel good about throwing your best pitch, it's probably, not going to be a very effective outing for you so um i just you know i i think it's a mechanical thing and a confidence thing right now and i think once he figures out the mechanical thing the confidence in the pitch will come back but he does not have it right now he is trying to survive on the fastball and i think he could for a little while um but i I do think eventually he'll have to find that slider Uh, i just don't have a lot of faith that he's going to find it anytime soon because this is you know it's his last of his last 10 outings four, five, six of them have been pretty dicey to say the least. Yeah. And I'm sure service is still going to use him in these high leverage spots, but I don't think that you should really force that on him right now while he's still trying to find himself. Um, We'll see, but I I just, I don't feel great about using him in, in spots like today and one run games uh, like today. Uh, for for the time being, until he finds himself. So, what do you do in the meantime, though? Is it Brash? Is it Topa? Is it Gabe Spire? Like, who would you rather see get these opportunities that Andres is, has been getting the last uh, little while here? I trust all three of those guys more than I do Andres right now. Yeah. The problem is, is that typically you need to use, you know, two or three of those guys to get to the ninth and. And as weird as it is to say, you know, the ninth inning in a one run game doesn't automatically equal the highest leverage spot in the game, you know, and and that's where you want to use brash. So sometimes, you know, the ninth inning with a one run lead uh, against, you know, seven, eight, nine, it's a high leverage spot because it's the ninth inning. It's a one run game, but that is not the same as, you know, the seventh inning with runners on second and third and one out. And Luis Robert is coming up to the plate. That is a higher leverage spot. And that's where you want to use brash. And if that was the case today, then I think it makes total sense to go to Andres. 
but it wasn't. Brash hasn't pitched in three days. You didn't need him uh, for that situation, which means he was available to pitch the ninth. And in the ninth, I'm looking for somebody who can, you know, avoid contact for the most part. And right now I just don't trust Andres to do that because he only has, you know, one pitch. I mean, technically two, the four seam and the two seam, but it's a fastball and that's what he has. And he has to throw the slider and he does not have it right now. So yeah, I think in general, you know, Andres is probably the right guy to go to because it's, it's highly unlikely that you're going to have a situation where Topa, Spire and Brash are available for the ninth. But today was one of those days where you could have used any of them for the ninth and you, you didn't. So I, I, I don't know. I think you keep going to it. Uh, and you know, again, there are going to be situations where yeah, Munoz is just the guy who makes the most sense, even though you're, you're not feeling great about it. Uh, but today wasn't one of those days. Uh, not for me. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how they handle it, uh, here in the next few days. Um, but yeah, you know, not super concerned about Andres long term, but right now just don't trust him a ton. And uh, you know, I I don't know if I uh, really want him to try and figure things out while trying to win games for you. So if you can find opportunities for him to to get into the into these games in low leverage situations where it makes sense, um, that's what my preference would be right now. And then just go brash spire. Um, I know Saucedo hasn't looked particularly great last couple outings, but Saucedo as well. Um, any of those guys, let, let, let them handle that for, for now in the meantime. Or or Luke Weaver. <clears throat> or Luke Weaver, which is a great segue to uh, what I wanted to talk to you about next. Luke Weaver is one of your guys, right? He's, the, he's another Jake Bowers. He's another... Uh, um, I don't know. Name a guy that you like. He's he's another Keon one. Of Broxton, those Drew Keon Broxton, Drew Smiley. Yeah, Drew Smiley. Yep, yep. All those guys. Yeah. 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 Uh so <laughs> he signed a major league contract with the uh the Mariners yesterday, just kind of at random, just got announced by the team. I'm like, oh, okay, that's weird. But um obviously he was uh added to the Mariners 40 man roster during the offseason, ended up getting DFA'd. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, et cetera. But they clearly like him. They clearly see something there that they've identified that they think they can get more out of. And uh, today we saw him throwing his cutter a bit more than he has in the past. And he struck out the first five batters he saw, which includes uh, Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. Um, quick little six up, six down for him over two innings of work. He was looking great against this White Sox lineup, just shredded through him. So. Uh, what did you see out of Luke Weaver? What I always knew was there. Mm. Um, you know, it's really easy to identify these guys. And I'm a little miffed at Andres for ruining my coming out party for the second year in a row. Both of them in August. I think on this date, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty I'm close look to this up. date, at least. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Um, last year, my my Jake Bauer, or my, uh, sorry, my Jake Lamb. Uh, Jake Lamb. Mm-hmm. Uh, celebration party was ruined by Andres against Cleveland. And today my Luke Weaver uh, chest pounding was ruined by Andres in Chicago. I'm going to say it was on the 25th last year, but uh, yeah, Weaver is, you know, he has it was the like, 27th. So four days so, off. So yeah. So thanks Andres. Uh, but uh, no, it was pretty interesting about the Mariners is, um, and Weaver in particular is that Weaver actually has some pretty good stuff. He just wasn't throwing it 
as much as he was his worst pitches. And one of the things the Mariners have figured out is that sometimes you just ask a pitcher to throw his best pitches more often and you get better results. Shocking. I know, but that's what the Mariners, you know, do. And, and sometimes it's, you know, a little more complicated than that, but sometimes it is, it's, it's, you know, Hey, uh, Paul Sewell, like your fastball plays really well at the top of the zone, throw Mm -hmm. it there. Forget what the Mets told you about getting it down and keep getting ground balls throw it at the top. That's where, that's where you get the good, good stuff. And mm-hmm. for Weaver, his best pitch, you know, or, you know, his best pitch, at least from a scouting standpoint is the cutter. He just doesn't throw it a ton. Well, today he threw, uh, he threw 50, uh, 38% cutters, uh, 10 of them in 26 pitches. Uh, he got two whiffs on four swings, five called strikes, 10 cutters, uh, four swings, two whiffs, five called strikes, uh, two foul balls. One cutter was not called a strike. Uh, was not a strike. Uh, you know, he backed it up with a fastball that was uh, 94 to 96, uh, topped out at 95.8. Uh, the changeup was maybe my favorite pitch. He threw a couple really good changeups in this outing. Yep. Uh, and when you just add it up, 16 swings with nine whiffs plus five called strikes, 54% called strike plus whiff. Sometimes you you have to make a mechanical change. Sometimes you have to teach a new pitch. Sometimes it's as simple as, hey, you know those pitches that you throw well, that you get good results on? Throw those more and don't throw the pitches that are not getting good results. And maybe that's what's happening with Luke here. I doubt that they were able to make any change other than that so quickly um, because the mirrors are good, but they're not that good. But Luke Weaver might be. uh, It was... There was one ball put in play on Luke Weaver today. 55 miles an hour exit velo. Yeah. A little dribbler <laughs> right to him. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's as dominant of a debut that I can remember probably. And I know you're going to say the first inning Kendall Graveman started against Houston, but that only lasted one inning. Luke went two. So that's, that's a good point. That is a fair point. But first inning Kendall Graveman in, in 2020 was. Yeah, when he mm. was popping a hundred, he, he was he was yeah. special in the empty stadium too, where you could really yeah. hear it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Luke was was sensational today. Um, his spin rates were up today from you know previous uh, norms. Uh, so I mean, slightly. It's 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 one it's one outing. So yeah, you don't want to sit here and be like Luke Weaver's the next Paul Seawald. That's my job, uh, and because <laughs> uh, you know I was first on Luke Weaver. Right. Uh, I, I'm taking credit for this, so you're welcome, okay. Andres. You're on my list now because you have ruined two huge mm. opportunities for me to come on the show and pound my chest in the last calendar year. So thanks for nothing. But hey, you know, uh, Luke Weaver looks good, and we'll see what their plan is with him too. Uh, he's been starting all year. The Mariners wanted to do the six man rotation. Hancock's out for the year now. Do they? Do they try and do that still? Is is Weaver a part of that, or is he just a bullpen guy? Um, but yeah, it, it was a heck of an outing uh, from Weaver, and he has easily uh, put forth the best effort uh, of any of the Mariners uh, in today's game. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're in the comments right now, say it with me, folks. Chills. Depoto. Colby did, did it, it again. Again. No, 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 no. Where do you think Jerry got this idea? Definitely not from you. Definitely he doesn't listen to you. Me. He listens to me. No, he doesn't, he doesn't listen to you. He pities you, which is why he gave you that dumb gif. 
He, tra- he traded for Teo for me personally. And which He'd one's worked out better so far, Ty? <laughs> Who had the better game today? That's what I thought. Sit what, down what, and you know did, the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for keeping it clean. Thank you. Teo had a two hit day today. Yeah, but be nice. Did he strike out five out of six. <laughs> give them a real shot to win this game. No. He didn't. <laughs> And maybe if he doesn't, you know, bobble a, a single down into the corner, George Kirby only gives up two and you win that game four to two. Did you ever think of that, Ty? That's what I thought. You're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for bringing us your first listen after the Mariners five to four loss to the Chicago White Sox. Uh, before we got on the show, Colby, you uh, you said that you have a take. And you said, ask me how George Kirby looked today. So... Uh... I'm going to ask you, Colby, how did George Kirby look today? Not great. That's your take? That was your take? I mean, yeah. I wanted you to hype me up and then, Mm. you know, just dunk it on you. But Mm. he was okay. Uh, He had a couple innings where things kind of got away from him, the pitch count-wise, but he was fine. Like... The, the pitch that he gives up the two run homer, which is a huge uh, pitch. Uh, it wasn't a terrible pitch. It was a slider it was on the outside corner. Uh, it was probably thigh high when he wanted it below the knees or a little bit off more off the corner, but not an awful pitch. Uh, it was just kind of a meh day. It was very fastball slider t- uh, heavy. Um, you know, the slider did get good, good results. 41% whiff rate on the slider. Uh, but he did he not some get bad it. sliders today though. He did. He, threw, he did. Yeah. So, um, he threw a couple cement mixers up there. He missed his spots a few times and, you know, five and two thirds, three runs, two of which come on kind of a, you know, not a bad pitch, but a, a two run homer. And the other one is set up by Tay Oscar fumbling around for a single in, in the corner. Uh, you know, he, it was, it was fine. Like, I don't want to say George was terrible today, but he wasn't as good as some people are hyping him up to be nine strikeouts and five and two thirds is great, but he also gave up eight hits. Uh, we saw him kind of leave a lot of pitches in the middle of the plate that didn't get hit hard. Like it, it was yeah. just kind of a, a, it was, I would call it a 50 grade outing from Kirby. I know there are going to be a lot of people out there like, what are you talking about? He, he, I mean, he went struck out nine and five and two thirds and he gave up three, yeah. but you know, and then make excuses for the three he gave up. But George was only okay today. And you know, it, it's. Well, and you mentioned five and two thirds. He he threw a hundred pitches during that time. Like that's was kind of the problem today. Was he just like he did get the strikeouts, but he wasn't able to put these guys away in a timely manner. He really, really struggled to get some outs today, and so that's now the second start in a row. Obviously, this isn't a long term issue that I'm concerned about, but this is the second start in a row where he has struggled to, to put away guys uh, mm-hmm. rather quickly. So. Um, and the pitch count goes up because of that. And again, we've talked about this, right? He's a he's elite command with you know not elite stuff, right? That's pretty fair to say it's about George Kirby. Fifty five stuff, yeah, on the twenty eighty scale, which is yeah, above and, average. And some and sometimes it, it plays up uh, mm-hmm. more sometimes than that. Sixty, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, this was just kind of an example uh, of of that where it's just like he didn't have really a, a consistent out pitch. Uh, where he was able to put these guys again to put these guys away a bit earlier than uh, than he did, but um, I mean, still, I mean, the, the numbers overall look look really good. Uh, so you know, he 
he did enough to give his team a chance to win. He battled. Sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, I would have would have liked to see a little bit of a better outing from him, but right. I'll take mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I think part of that too is is you look at the the first two outings in the series, uh, they were better than George. Obviously, Castillo dominated, and and Wu, even though he struggled in the first, really settled in. He only went four, uh, but he looked just dominant after the first inning. And Kirby never really looked dominant after the first inning. He looked good, but he never yeah. really dominated. So part of yeah. this is you know you're you're a victim of your own success. Like maybe our expectations for George have raised significantly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess maybe I just hi, I hold George to a higher standard. Maybe, but and I'm being and unfair. Two, five yeah. and two thirds, eight hits against this lineup. Yeah, it's not it's not great. It's not great. All right, it's it's not terrible. Three runs, eight hits against this lineup is that's fine. It's kind of what I would expect from Brian Wu. You you didn't lose because of George Kirby today. No, like no. like that wasn't that wasn't the like one of the many reasons you ended up losing today. It was it was still the offense messing around, not taking advantage of Kopech. That's really what the issue was. And then obviously you know Munoz and not being able to score in the tenth, all that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah. But the Mariners gave up ten hits today. Mm-hmm. Eight by George, two yep. by Andres, zero by everybody else. So yeah, yeah, just one of those days, you know. It, it's yeah. a bummer, but uh, yeah, just <clears throat> they didn't play well enough. At the end, of, at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's very simple. So sometimes it's a very simple game. You play yeah. poorly, you lose, even to bad teams. Yeah, that's the story for August twenty third. They didn't play well. Happens. It happens. All yep. ball this game up, throw it in the trash, move on. We're on to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. All right. To uh, real quick before we get out of here, just to let you guys uh, know what's going on for the next couple of days here on the show. Obviously, we got two more shows before the Mariners play their next game on Friday night against the Royals. Again, you can catch that matchup on the Mariners Hometown Broadcast with Sirius XM via the SXM app. Uh, we are going to be doing our first post draft, post deadline ranking of the Mariners farm system. So we're going to be doing numbers 30 through 16 on tomorrow's show. And then numbers 15 through one on Friday's show. I think that's what we're doing. Or did you want to do 30 through 11 tomorrow? And then the top 10 on Friday. We'll surprise you guys. Yeah. We'll let you guys know. This is us. A couple being wild and crazy dudes. You know? <laughs> wild card. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so that's what's going on. And then Colby's going to be out of town this weekend for his uh, home fantasy football uh, draft. So he's going to be doing that. Having a good time. You're number 12. <laughs> yep 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 and uh, um defending uh, champion of that and, league there you go there Colby, you go. it will be out there, of town there you go do you have a trophy i do not here but i do you, all right you gotta you gotta show it on screen it sometime. is in my other it is in my the office of the new studio that i the, the new, the, the yeah. new studio <laughs> that no longer makes for, sense to record from. Yes. existed for like two days and then you moved on from it yeah well um you know why yeah yeah <laughs> But yeah, so uh, with Colby out of town, uh, if the Mariners do win on the weekend, uh, still planning to do post game, at least one post game. Uh, and we're going to have Ben Ranieri of uh, the C-Level Substack uh, coming on here to uh, uh, supplement uh, the absence of one Mr. Colby Patnode. And uh, yeah, we're going to be talking some ball. And uh, Ben's dope. And Ben came on here once. Uh, after the uh, Luis Castillo uh, extension. Um, what's up? Just Boob Nightingale doing his thing. Oh, oh, Boob. What did Boob do? 
the Seattle Mariners have won 16 of their last 20 games. They lost one game in the bottom of the ninth and three in extras, including today's bone save. They traded their closer, Paul Seawall, July 31st, Arizona. And you guys okay. think I'm bad. Yeah. And you do you think we relitigate the, the deadline too much? Come on, boob. Do better. Do better. Idiot. Yeah, moron. <laughs> uh yeah bob nightingale's a jabroni anyway uh yeah so we'll have ben on here uh for any post games uh that we might do over the weekend uh, i think you guys will like ben uh super knowledgeable guy give him a follow over at ben ranieri 10 that's b-e-n-r-a-n-i-e-r-i 10 uh on twitter and uh, check out his Substack c level on Substack. all right that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners postgame show. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen after the game. Again, you can catch the Mariners and the Royals starting Friday night and over the course of the weekend on the Mariners Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.